All right, we are back. It is episode four of the deluxe version, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know the deluxe version, it is a place where creators critique and converse on content and concept. I am the curator of creators, Daryl Sharp, aka Daryl the Sharp. I am back, and I have a special guest who's with me on the first episode, and he is back again, Mr. Josh Lee. Yo, it's your boy Josh, you know, aka the nasal god, aka <laughs> Soju Poppy, aka Josh Spice on Instagram, Leezy Pass on Twitter for all you Jersey New York kids, you know, you guys know where I'm coming from. Did you prepare that or? No, I just, uh, your intro was really nice right now. So oh, I man. Something. I, I thought mine was kind of weak. Or yeah. No, no, no. no. That was real off the cuff, but we're at it. We're at it again. Like, I'm so glad you could be back. We're, we're talking, we're chilling, DC chilling, Jersey chilling. That's right. My name's Daryl Sharp and I came to get it. All that shit. And where are we at today? It's beautiful. <laughs> Playa Del Rey? Yeah, Playa Del Rey. Yep, we are in the Lincoln room. Shout out to Lincoln. He, he went out like a G. Did he get shot by his, uh, an actor or something? I don't know. I, I know he got shot in a theater, but I don't know. If he got shot by an actor, that's kind of... Yeah, John, John, John Wilkes of the Booth Variety. Mm. Yeah, he was an actor, I think. Wow. Yo, that... That one's on you, Mary Todd. You guys wanted you wanted to go to the play that day. Oh. Abe said he wasn't down, but you're like, yo, let's go to that yeah. damn play. You got the president of the United States, the president of the free world, shot in his dome piece. So What's really like, bracking? <laughs> What's really bracking? <laughs> but yeah, we are, we're at it again. We're, we're here to just critique shit and critique to converse on it. You know, content and concept, all that shit. Uh, so let's get it going, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of things that have happened recently. Like, uh, first of all, this is mm-hmm. the fourth episode, and one thing we're talking about, like, uh, it was really cool that uh, it's really interesting for me, like, trying to be consistent with this because I'm still trying to figure out everything. I'm trying to figure out how exactly this this podcast works and everything when it comes to what I want to do with it because I know what I want to do, but I still really want to get there, and I feel like I'm slowly just trying to make that happen more and more. And I really appreciate people being a part of me with me on this journey because. Uh, ultimately, I want to talk with people about, like I've been saying before, like about music videos and album art, but it's great to just have these conversations with people that create and ultimately getting to that level Word. and just figuring that out. Uh, so uh, that is one thing that makes me, that makes me want to lie, uh, just the idea of like consistency and progress. Like where do those two lie, where those two lie, honestly, like what's the difference between the two, like if they are even different or what makes one better than the other, what makes one more important than the other? Uh, so I was wondering, like, what do you think about that? Uh, yo, I think honestly, if you're being consistent, you're progressing down one line or one avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been a problem of mine. It's consistency in terms of getting workflow out and making sure that I'm I'm producing something, if if anything at all. Uh, but you know, I get the fact that uh, people are like, oh, consistent sometimes can mean stayed or old stayed or just like kind of. Um, stale right that's true like people think it's like stagnant and all that shit right right yeah. but i think sometimes we just we get so caught up in like not wanting to be stagnant that mm-hmm. we never really get started at all mm-hmm. so i'd uh i prescribe for myself that you know just get get shit on paper you know yeah. make stuff happen and that's always the biggest thing is like we were have so many barriers for things to get made but at the same time we have all the technology on us like you're doing this podcast right here just putting it into the open world and that happened because you're like let's just get something started for the sake of consistency sake yeah and this is four weeks in a row you've been doing this a month man yeah. so happy anniversary yeah, <laughs> yeah i feel in like one word yeah. let's get it let's get it let's get it l-e-s-g-e-d-d-i-t let's get it let's get it 
But yeah, uh, I really appreciate that. Like, yeah, you've been at the beginning and the uh, the end of this month anniversary. So yeah, For sure. it's my, it's my Are you the baby daddy in this, or yeah. am I the baby daddy? In this? Uh, we can both claim we can both claim to be the pappy. Oh, yeah, the and, pappy. Yeah, it's it's twenty seventeen. We can be there can be two dads in the relationship. Oh, that's respect. Yeah. Though. That's respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing that made me think about this was was Drake's album because we were talking about more life. Shout out to Jersey Drake. Uh, more life. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What what you want to say about more life, dude? All right. First, let's talk about the album work, right? Because this yeah, is this is at the essence yeah, of what yeah. what deluxe uh, deluxe Lux version, version yeah. is, is about, right? Uh, yeah, the album art. Right. Let's talk about it. Uh, oh yeah, his dad being on the cover first of all, which is really right. interesting. The idea of being more life because ironic th- the ironic thing is that Drake's dad gave him life. So maybe oh. that's it. Oh. <laughs> Give me, so is this a sign that he's about to be a big brother, even though he's about like 29? I'm joking. That, oh, oh <laughs> But it's interesting because it's interesting that you see the comparison between Drake and his dad. And it makes me wonder because like Drake's dad's got like the whole George Jefferson, cul-de-sac, receding hairline. Is Drake going to get that soon? Is that, why he's, is, that, is that why he's running the season right now? Dude, I think um, Drake just turns more and more... Uh... Dominican it used to be Dominican, but now it's like he's just turning Jamaican and stuff. Yeah, you uh, look at one point he did uh, look a little like Middle Eastern at yeah, one point in yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he owned the bodegas. Exactly, he's like, yeah, like oh, it was just a cat show. Just Yo, a- anytime I see a picture of Drake's dad, I'm like, I literally marvel at like how big his freaking mustache is, dude. Mm-hmm. And there's no no more evident than on this cover of yeah. Life. Like mm-hmm. it, that thing is a stash, man. I it think is. we we kind of lost out on um. The mustache era, I think, in American men, manly. We, men I, I mean, we're, we're trying to bring it back with beards, but you think yeah, that, I think the yeah. beard just overtook it though yeah. for 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 summer. Like I'm looking at this picture of Abe Lincoln right now, and he's he rocking the sideburns with no mustache. Mm-hmm. So that's the look in itself. Yeah. I think that's uh, not too many people can pull that off. Yeah, it looks kind of Amish. Yeah, I think that's kind of Amish people got that on lock, which yeah. is respect because they've been at it for a long time. But Drake's dad's mustache, man, I think. Uh, Child to Memphis, mm-hmm. right? Because that's where he's from. So yeah, yeah, it's it's doing it's, its, its thing. It kind of looks like kind of gross, but no, it's kind of gross. <laughs> some actually. girls, some girls. I, that makes the girl like you know. Well, this is getting so off topic, or this might get like way too deep or way too sexual. But it makes me think like you know how guys want girls like mow the lawn when it comes to like vaginas. Do how come girls don't, we don't feel about that with guys and their mustache? Like I'm pretty sure when you're kissing a guy, like he's pretty like bushy in the face and you're like oh there's hair in my mouth and all that shit wow that I, I yeah know. that went that went down an alley there it did I, I wasn't trying yeah let's let's take it back let's go back to, to i think to i think street. most guys look better with hair obscuring some of their faces mm-hmm. like i've been told like I, i've been told i look like an alien boy when i shave my beard and stuff so uh, i think i'm okay with uh you know, the hairs, i can really grow more facial hair because uh yeah this is the first i've got I'm, honestly i've never shaved i'm I'm gonna be 26 in June. I've never really shaved like for real, for real. All right. Damn. So this is the point of this podcast. I want to be as honest as possible. Damn. Yeah. Episode four. All Absolutely. this stuff is coming yeah. up. I mean, that's a, yeah. That, I think I've read that the other day. Like the point of a podcast is just to be as honest as possible because people people are gonna read through your bullshit. Respect. Okay. Um. What's uh? So more, more about more life. What's uh? It's 22 songs, Daryl. That's that's the one thing about me. Is like, damn, this is a yeah. long ass album. It just never ends. It is, but yeah. uh, we were t- uh, one thing I liked about it was just the uh, variety. Because I think people have been talking about how Drake is sort of a culture vulture, but at this point, you kind of just gotta accept it. Because 
one thing I've been saying is that Drake is basically the super boo of rappers. Yeah. Okay. Like he absorbs, uh, he absorbs people's abilities and all this. Oh, stuff. like literally from drag of Dragon Ball. Fame. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Like, uh, cause, uh. Shout out to Kira Toriyama, first of all. Uh, I need to catch up on Dragon Ball Super. But basically, what Boo does, he'll absorb, like, a fighter's abilities. And he'll eventually, like, be wearing their clothes when he's performing their abilities. Like, if he absorb Gohan, he's wearing Gohan's clothes. Or Piccolo's wearing Piccolo's clothes. Or does this mean he's wearing UK clothes? Or he's wearing... Uh, what if Skepta had a clothing line he wore his Skepta's clothes? Honestly, Drake with the whole tracksuit thing is kind of... It's in that UK casual culture, mm-hmm. which is like their tracksuit and trainers, Adidas running shoes culture anyway. So I feel like... I mean, Drake, as influential as he is on the fashion ecosystem, I think that he does take... He's, he does stem from British grime rap and takes it from the, the tracksuit genre of Adidas and stuff like that. And you see OVO and... The entire thing is just velour tracksuits. Exactly. Right now, so. I appreciate him bringing them back. It's like 2001 again with the word. Word, word. One thing I did notice though was that uh, it's interesting that black people, they don't really go back to the whole uh, tracksuit vibe anymore. Like, I, like I saw like this, because uh, I worked close to UCLA and I saw like this Asian couple, like they were they were wearing tracksuits. I was like, that's fly. Like, why don't more people wear that? Or even like black people, they don't even wear that, like other cultures rock that style more than like, yeah. they, they kind of go forward with with their with their fashion uh fashion vibes i don't know dude i it's it's a weird look to pull off i think it takes a, a certain amount of confidence for, for real, to yeah. pull off it's just because it's like it's the same color tone palette the whole way through mm-hmm. and um it's it stood for like kind of middle middle-aged men for so long who just stopped giving a crap about how this stuff fits Mm-hmm. seeing the, the elastic and stuff like that that's so, interesting like it's yeah. almost like a uniform in a way where it almost yeah. feels that way sometimes right so I don't know I, don't, I like I know Pharrell did a, did a tracksuit for um, his Adidas human human race collection yeah so I mean it's it's you see the the kind of fragments of that coming back Palace and Supreme do a tracksuit seemingly every season now so I mean I think it's in it's in the ether dude I think we'll we'll get more um, kind of mainstream versions of that soon mm-hmm. yeah yeah that uh, yeah, it should be it should be interesting. What okay? So on more life, mm-hmm. favorite song on the album. Favorite song. It's either Blim or Get It Together. Which one's Get It Together? Are uh, we? Hope you need to get that shit together oh, okay. so we can be together. People, a lot of people like Passion Fruit too, but uh, I really like Blim. Like I'm Blim for real. I got to say what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit. That's cool. Alright, uh, do you? Uh, KMT, like, uh, the, you remember that song, uh, are you familiar with XS, XXX Tentacion? No, what's up? He's, uh, uh, I forgot, I forgot how the song goes, but, uh, it's, it's a song called Look At Me, and it's interesting, this guy's in jail right now, but he's getting, he's blowing up, he's getting so much traction, uh-huh. but when, uh, but when KMT came out, when he was performing it at, when Drake was performing it at, during his Boy Meets World, so people were like, oh, that's K, uh, XXX Tentacion's, uh, flow and it's been getting a lot of vibe like that and there's even been like almost this inner beat between him and drake but oh, he's in prison right now yeah he's in, yeah he's like this kid's like what 18 19 and, and he's in prison oh, yeah shit. it seems like kind of an unfair fight like it drake, is yeah. drake got a full decade and freedom exactly <laughs> so i don't yeah. know if that's yeah do you, you want to guys... play the song do you want to play it i'll play it i'll play yeah, like yeah. a quick snippet of it play it. yeah can't keep my dick in my pants like that's 
Like they they made a New Jersey house version where uh, they kept repeating, "Can't keep my dick in my pants, stick in my pants, stick in my pants, stick in my pants, stick in my pants." And yeah, let's let's see if I can find this real quick. Because I'm pretty sure you've heard it or you've heard of it. Okay, I'm ready. You, have, you never heard this before? No, no. Oh, okay. Let's play it for a little yeah. longer. I don't want to play it too long because I'm not trying to get this shit taken off sound. But... <laughs> Where's he from? I, uh, Florida. I don't know what part of Florida though. It's solid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now let's play KMC, and you'll you'll understand like what people were saying. Okay. Yeah, this is KMT. I see. Like you hear the flow, and it almost yeah. sounds very similar when it drops. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow, I just played Dark Horse by Katy Perry. <laughs> no, <laughs> honestly, that song goes like, uh, like it's interesting that Katy Perry made almost a trap song. That's a trap song in my eyes, <laughs> dude. That's a fire take, dude. Plus, you got Juicy J on it, like, yeah, yeah, Juicy J's on it, yeah. Dude. That's interesting though, because, like, so you can. The stealing of someone's flow is really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a topic of creative discussion in rap. Yeah. Or just creative, creativity in general. Because you don't... Because, I don't know. Have you heard, haven't you heard that phrase where, uh, like, some of the best artwork is stolen? Or, like, most people... Sure. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, and that, that saying itself is, is said so much as cliche at this point. But at the same time, like, if you have, like, a significantly unique writing style and someone bites it... But things like say like the way Shakespeare wrote or something like that, he wrote it in that whatever, I don't mm -hmm. know, big pentameter, and then people just adopt it because he's so good at what he does. Mm -hmm. And this way I think the the power dynamic is different because this kid's eighteen yeah. and his flow got bit by the most popular musician in in the world right now. True, so yeah. but at the same time actually that flow is pretty it's pretty um it's pretty spot on. Like there's no way that it Drake is, yeah. was influenced by that song. Very true. Like, has he has he acknowledged anything of that? Point? I think so. Like before, he didn't he didn't acknowledge it, but uh, he did say, "Yo, they did sound similar." And but I think from behind bars, uh, the guy called Drake a pussy nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, uh, basically." I don't Get in line, yeah. friend. Yeah. For I don't think those were the exact words, but something something along that line. But it's interesting because people were having the same discussion, but almost in the exact opposite way with designer and future. Yeah. But it's interesting that this 19-year-old kid almost birthed that that style in a way. So it's, um, so it's interesting. I got you. I mean, at the same time, is was his flow that unique on its own? Like, I feel like it's... I hear remnants of different things that he's... I think even he's... Probably not. Like, uh, uh, there's so many other Florida rappers that kind of have that, that same style. Like, I would say Denzel Curry or, sure. other, or other guys. I think... That's basically how everybody is these days. Right. Yeah, it's it's just a mix of adopting things. It's talented, but 
I don't see how it's it's unique enough to be like this is a forget yeah who would you say is rap rapping wise has the most unique flow right now? I I gotta say Young Thug. That's that's my dude right now. Sure, Young it's Th- hard to replicate what Young Thug does. With I his think weird so. Breath yeah. marks and and just the way he kind of sing raps at the same time. Yeah, his cadences like, like it almost sounds like it almost sounds it's all right. It's it's interesting. Like it almost sounds great like reggae or if he's in pain in a way because he's been doing a lot of stuff with the Love John yeah and all that other stuff he like there's even this song he did called Harambe from his last album called from Jeffrey he's basically just yelling like dur, 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 back it up and it's, it's just <laughs> like but I love that because there's so much emotion in that and if you even hear his verse in uh in what he did on More Life the um what song Sacrifices he even that flow, because a lot of people mm-hmm. have grown to like that verse too, because they're like, oh, that's the first time I can actually hear him clearly and all this other stuff. I got you. I mean, on that on that tilt, are we ready to proclaim that as Thug Thugger is the most unique rapper out there right now in terms of flow, Kendrick is the most talented? I will say that. Okay. I will say that. No, I think we should, we should talk about Kendrick. Let's yeah, right? talk about the Kendrick song, because... Uh, the nigga's back with a vengeance April 7th something something yeah. major's gonna happen something major dude that's coming up yeah it's, uh, you think it's gonna be a full length I think so alright I don't know what to expect though cause you, a lot of people have been saying the same shit like with I like you didn't know what you were getting with that and yeah. basically you probably didn't know what you were getting until maybe Black of the Berry when Black of the Berry dropped you are like what is this this is incredible right 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 but even people that, really didn't like I when it came out yeah cause uh, I liked it a lot more when the album came out cause uh, that live version had so much more more feeling and character to it yeah 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 and you hear kind of it's it, it serves a purpose in that story of the album right? for sure like the for, character arc right? especially with uh, you like yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the balance between you and I that was incredible I love you yeah I yeah it's a freaking the, gorgeous song love you is complicated yeah yeah <laughs> Like even uh, wait, uh, even like the short film we did with with you, where he's in the hotel room and he's just yelling and right, all that. Right, so right. that was incredible. So yeah, I, I wish I knew the, the person who directed that, but I would love to have him on here. But I didn't tell you actually. I uh, I might, uh, fingers crossed, I might try to get uh, a bit a video director in here soon. Someone like I kind of know. I I don't want to do, I don't want to just shout him out yet because I don't know if it's gonna really happen yet. <laughs> But I met him. You get to shout out when you get on the pod, bro. That's no, but he uh, he probably doesn't want to listen to this. But <laughs> but uh, he did. Uh, you got to go to these things. Anybody in the LA area that's listening to this, you, go, you should go to these things that Mass Appeal does called a music video. And have you heard of them? No, I haven't. Basically, what they do is they'll do a showcase of all these music videos that dropped in the past month. And then they'll have a, a music director come in and talk about videos they directed. Like, uh, the guy I'm talking about, he just came last week and he... He's directed, he directed like really early Kendrick stuff. Like Kendrick did a freestyle over Monster and he recorded a music video for that. He, he's done some stuff for Anderson Pack. He's done some stuff for the internet. He does a lot of stuff with this group called Overdose, uh, which is really cool. And Overdose, they were, they were popping. They were really popping. They even did a music video where they had uh, Gambino do a cameo in it. Cause one of the guys wrote with Gambino. That's dope. Dude. Yeah. Where, where, where's these nights help? Where are these until? Uh, they're held. Do you go, have you heard of uh, Delicious Pizza? No, what the hell is that? It's <laughs> it's like you said. You're like, no, what the hell is that? Uh, <laughs> I know you were talking about LA right now. Of course, I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> uh, I don't like pizza. Uh, but it, there's uh, there's a record label called Delicious Vinyl. If you've heard of the Far Side, that's the label they're under. Okay. Cool. And uh, they have a pizza shop too called Delicious Pizza. 
and they have one on Adams and they have one on Sunset and the one that I went to was on Adams. So so it was really great. I, they do it they do it every month, so you should pull up to the next one. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I, I'm gonna look at it. That sounds like a really cool Yeah, time. absolutely. There's there's almost too much free stuff to do in a, that way. Which leads to you talking about what you went to over the weekend. <laughs> Is this a All segment? Right. Yeah. This nigga went to uh, Air Max Day or Air, uh, Air La Brea. Air La Brea, I think, was uh, was a kind of uh, LA-centric one, but it was part of a larger Air Max Day run. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to uh, to Mike of Koreatown Run Club, who kind of organized our little section of, the, of this thing. I've been a fan of... Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, so Mike Mike runs the uh, at Koreatown handle in, uh, on Instagram. Does a lot for that community and like plugs a lot of small businesses around the area. And he kind of uses the Line Hotel uh, right on Normandy and Wilshire as kind of the HQ of that. But they do a weekly run um, called Koreatown Run Club. It's one of the Nike Run Club series. And all for Air Max Day, they kind of had like multiple run clubs from around the LA area run from their headquarters to La Brea, where Undefeated is. For about, like our run was about three and a half miles. Like, and I don't run. For anyone who knows me, like this is hilarious that I'm even talking about right now because I have asthma and all that horrible I stuff ne- that comes with that. Yeah, I've known you for years and I never knew you had asthma. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's it gets real rough when it gets real cold outside. Thank God in LA you don't really get those uh, those cold wheezing whooping cough nights. You yeah, know? but um, yeah, man, we started out running and uh, Nike sponsored the whole thing. They gave out T-shirts and hats and stuff like that that we didn't get. It. I was too late to go, oh, but man. it was pretty cool. But um, yeah, they run from Normandy to Wilshire all the way to about La Brea and Beverly. Mm-hmm. And so when you get there, like there's already all these fans. Like they blocked off the entire road, like three blocks of it was blocked off already. Damn, I can't even imagine. It's crazy. Yeah. Dude. And then, but and they had like uh, they had one of those starting ropes, mm-hmm. and on at the far end of the street towards third. Um, you see this huge stage, but we can't get there yet. Mm-hmm. And then finally, they 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 um, they break the starter the starter uh, tape a little bit. Everyone starts sprinting. There's a drone that's shooting all this all the footage of us running, and we get up and we bum rush up to the stage. And by the time we get to the stage, the entire left and right hand side, which is um, basically all the brand right in front of undefeated and right in front of um, of like what sugarfish and all that yeah so mm-hmm. both sides are all crowded and all these kids are wearing Travis scott hats like half uh, half the people on the rooftop yeah some people on the roof too yeah, yeah the rooftop people were getting turned through they were like freaking pouring champagne on people what? and they're like smoking dubs up there but um yeah we waited for like 20 minutes and all of a sudden like i didn't know what the hell i was in uh, what i was getting into all these kids these young heads were like, "Yo, Travis is coming." Travis is coming. I was like, "That's bullshit." Yeah. Travis like, ain't how did they like? How did that even happen that they would know? Yeah, I think Travis teased it on his Twitter like real, real Probably, briefly, yeah. and like I think Travis at this point is one of the one of the biggest hip hop acts that Nike kind of co-signs for for a lot of their stuff, and all of a sudden Travis Scott comes out with a DJ and they, their visuals are freaking yeah. insane. Wait, like, it's interesting. Like I haven't yeah. seen any of. The- Wait, has he done stuff with Nike before? Like, um, he remember. just he rep, he reps a lot of a lot of Nike because I think they're seeding him a lot of product. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. So when like even when Nice Kicks puts together their kind of celebrity sneaker roundup, Travis is always wearing J's of some kind. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it was basically the whole day. Air Max Day was around the thirtieth year of the invention of Air Max. The Vapor Air Max Vapor Max was coming out, which is like that huge kind of bubble silhouette shoe that they have coming out but it's really freaking awesome travis scott like honestly like i 
was freaking amazing, dude. That dude is a performer. Yeah, yeah. straight up. He gets dude. his like, all, yeah. straight, straight up. Straight up. I did not realize that, but uh, yeah, dude, his the auto tune sounds freaking like I. We everyone talks shit about auto tune for a while, but what Travis does with auto tune on stage is pretty phenomenal. Exactly. Like I, he's one of the few people that are, they're doing it right. Like he's he's revived it. I, I would say. Yeah, I think just one last note on the, the Air Max Day thing. I literally saw in the last year and a half, which has been so Adidas heavy, and like Adidas has been really. Not only nipping at the heels of Nike, but they really felt like they're mm-hmm. they're power players to a greater extent than Nike and Jordan. Like you see in the hypebeast comment sections all the time, like Nike lost his touch. We don't know what Nike's doing anymore. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And literally over the course of a night, I mean, it was weird for me to just experience the whole thing throughout, right from the very from the from the jump. But I saw kind of hearts and minds being turned back to Nike. You realize what kind of production Nike can put on when they really are on point. Yeah. And so. With, I mean, all the stars aligned to get 30 years of, of Air Max, uh, hot new shoes coming out, and you get probably the key, like the artist that most of the young kids look up to right now, who's like close to close to them in age, really talented producer, rapper, all that, and is an amazing stage presence, and they locked off the street in like a crazy block party like vibe. It was actually seen. It was seeing perspective shift back towards Nike. So I Bro. think honestly, I'm predicting like. Huge year for Nike again. Nike kind of like bears their teeth and is like, "Yo, remember who we are? You yeah. like we're not. Don't fuck with us." Exactly. You know? So I'm mean, kind of excited to see it, man. I think um, Nike needed to be put on call, and mm-hmm. then they they answered this time. So yeah, yeah. happy about that. If I can add my two cents, I kind of want to say that maybe Nike's lost the touch because I feel like uh, I feel like Adidas is filling that lifestyle void that Nike's kind of losing touch with. Like Nike's been so focused on this huge impact when it comes to sports and fitness, but I feel like they've lost this, uh, there's this void where people are just into, into it for the lifestyle. And I feel like Adidas Originals and with Kanye and Pharrell, they're kind of filling that void in a way, in, in one way or another. Yeah, no, I definitely have to, definitely have to give it to that. Um, I would more say it is literally just Kanye and Pharrell. It like, is, Putting yeah. the team on the back. Like, it's, it's crazy, man. I mm-hmm. Honestly, Adidas the the way Kanye shifts perspectives and minds and especially young kids who really look up to him to, to, to really co-sign with a brand like that it's pretty insane because I can look at stuff that Nike did with Nike Lab with um, Undercover or Stone Island and mm-hmm. be like damn that's really impressive yeah very yeah but um, at the same time like it's literally like Adidas hit correctly and they spent their money correctly on getting stars who not only elevate um, the elevate the aesthetic for, for them personally but also that have mainstream mainstream appeal and they really hit on the two biggest guys which is Kanye Farrell mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah so it's kind of exciting man I feel like um, it's a really really cool place to be be in right now because you know Under Armour and New Balance have come out with the pro Trump statement that's true that, yeah they're just and damn, so they're, how yeah. does, damn how did Steph Curry deal with that honestly honestly I don't know man Steph, Steph says what he had to he's like he's like hey I'm just endorse that but at the same time like and this is me being a big big fan of Steph and especially The Rock who also had to defend his own st- Oh, that's true. Uh, the yeah. CEO of Underworld Statement, but um, like you're allowed to have that 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 POV, I guess. But it just seems a little insensitive when the pe- the kids who put your 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 um, who, the kids who put your brand on the map again are like especially kids in cities, urban mm-hmm. kids, and kids of color, right? Who are often facing the same discrimination that this this yeah, current legislation it's is going. Terrible, it's terrible. Very terrible. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's that overall, all in all, very very exciting day. Air Max, Air Max Day is such corporate chilling, but I love it. And <laughs> I'll take it. It's 
This is the definition of a whole. They're doing something. Right. They're doing something right though. Like those pop-ups look amazing from the photos. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They're always, they're always intriguing. They're always intriguing. That's cool, man. I mean, you know what else I did this this weekend? Tell me. It was freaking jam-packed, man. Yesterday, I watched Power Rangers, bro. Oh. Yeah. Go go Power. Speaking of more nostalgia, because I, I was gonna say like the last thing I was gonna say about Nike is that the main thing that's keeping it afloat is the nostalgia, but like with Jordan and everything, how yeah. how people like. It's, it's crazy that people know, they don't know who Michael Jordan is, but they know what Jordans are. Yeah, yeah, but I think, honestly, that that's kind of dying off, too. Like, mm-hmm. you see Jordan sitting on the yeah. shelf, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it's because as many kids who do remember who MJ is and who have heard from, like, even now their dads who MJ was, right? That's how young these kids yeah. are. It's, they're kind of losing, they want someone more relevant, you know? That's Very why true. Travis and even Kanye and Drake... Mm-hmm. fuel this fan fire for the young kids coming up because they see them often MJ they see this washed old man exactly who, who runs the the Bobcats whatever the hell they're called right now but um the Hornets yeah, yeah I'm not washed but I'm not that's probably the best my favorite line from from more like he's like I'm not washed but I'm not new some shit yeah yeah, yeah yeah that was a good line but yeah back to Power Rangers Power Rangers was yeah you went to the premiere uh, sort of sort of the premiere like it was interesting uh, I went to I went to go to an early screening on Wednesday because I'm the kind of person I'm always checking for early screenings. Uh, usually they have them at the Regal, Regal LA, all the way downtown, but they had one right near my job uh, in Westwood near UCLA. So it was just a quick walk as soon as work was over. And there were two screenings. There was one with the actual premiere, which was dope. Like you actually saw the original Rangers. I didn't see them though, but <laughs> I saw the pictures. Uh, they had the original Rangers and uh, they had this huge setup and everything, like all these giant helmets and the actual costumes. And almost like like the typical photo wall, but it was a great reunion of all the original Rangers. Yeah. Except uh, except for for Twee uh, Trini because she died yeah, in two thousand one. Yeah. RP dude. Yeah. RP to her. She was dope. Uh, and uh, for us, it was an actual advanced screening, which is great. Um, and it was a really enjoyable movie. I don't I don't have anything bad to say about the movie. I feel like the direction it took was it made sense. It made sense for what it was supposed to be. And with Power Rangers, there's not too much you can do, honestly. To yeah. Because people, you can't really go too off the grid because people are gonna complain. But yeah, no, yeah. No. I think it was honestly, I thought I thought it was perfect for what it was. Mm-hmm. Like even when we're growing up, Power Rangers, we never wanted it for like dramatic value. Yeah. We're like yo, this is it has a very simple beginning, middle, end. Yeah, you want to talk spoilers? Wait, this can be spoiler. This can be spoiler. Yeah, this 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 is a spoiler review. Yeah, this, this is a spoiler review. <laughs> yeah, but um, dude, much respect, dude. I, I and there's a I watched it with a, with a couple of my friends. Some of them were like pretty young, like maybe twenty right now. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, whatever, dude. Like it's kind of corny. Oh, dude, nigga, that's my childhood. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it's like honestly, that's what Power Rangers was, man. It's mm-hmm. like. It was the col- the monsters were like funny ass looking. Like, exactly. Remember the putties? You hit them in the chest. And they exactly. Just disappear. Yeah, like yeah, hit hit them in the chest and. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, the whole thing from beginning to end, like it was a fun high school drama at first, like kind of like Breakfast Club. Very cl- very Breakfast Club. Yeah. Right, right, and then you get into like kind of um, chronicle esque like superhero origins, like average kids mm-hmm. finding their powers. Yeah. Like a little bit of the Spider Man aesthetic with him finding a six pack in the mirror, like Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. does in Spider Man One. Yeah. Like it's fun. <laughs> Yo, it's I fun stuff, comparison. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's good. It's good fun. I thought, honestly, like, yo, I'll fucks with it just because the diverse cast was awesome. Yeah. Man. Like, it was really good. Like, I, my friend who has, um, has a brother with autism, right? He was just oh, like, yeah. he loved, he, he went with his brother, or his brother went to David. Yeah, Bill was like, like the shining star. Shout out, shout out yeah, to the guy, yeah, yeah. I think RJ Styler, I think that's his name. RJ Styler. Yes, he yeah. was freaking dope, man. Yeah, I think he killed see, it. 
And people, everyone was like, complaining, like, oh my god, like Palooka for fuck it, dude. Yeah, Honestly, shut up. yeah, are you kidding me? Like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah. Like seeing kids, like who are different but still be celebrated in a mm-hmm. way where it's like, yo, they're they have so much potential to unlock and all that. So, so yeah, much love to um, their portrayals. I think uh, even with uh, the Yellow Ranger. Yeah. Uh, was it? Oh, I. Was it was Becky she, G? Yeah, yeah was she shout out to Becky G with your sexy ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was she was she lesbian in that? Or just she like was a lesbian. Yeah, confronting yeah. She was like, they were like, oh, what's the problem? Boyfriend troubles, girlfriend troubles. <laughs> that was I thought that was a little weird. How it was awkward. Yeah, like she but, never uh, really, she technically never said she was a lesbian. Yeah, much much, dude, dude, to each her own. But at the same time, like, yo, honestly, I thought each and every character was dope. Asian character, very yeah. big, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, all throughout. Yeah, he killed it. Like, he was really cool. He was a yeah. cool guy. Yeah, much love to it. I guess the only thing would be, like, I wish the putties looked like the men they used to they be. They did. Yeah, they were they just, like, like, fucking rocks. Yeah. yeah I, was, I, I was talking to my friend. I was like, they look like the Pokemon Graveler. You know? It's like, <laughs> out here yeah. throwing, throwing, mm-hmm. throwing rock throw out here. And yeah, stuff. and then Goldar, like, a lot of people complain that Goldar was just, like, a big-ass monster with gold, made of gold. Like, he didn't have any personality. Like, at least make him talk instead of just being, like, yeah. this brainless thing. Oh, I want to see what uh, the old gold... That was Goldar. Yeah. Oh, Goldar yeah, was the freaking yeah. gargoyle looking. Yeah, like the there. monkey, the blue monkey with the. Are you kidding gold. me? They made that Goldar into this guy. Yeah, like that was whack. Oh, that's so unfortunate. Yeah, dude. even Rita was dope. Like, pretty much, uh, like the the cast that they kind of bet on was gonna bring was gonna fill in seats like Elizabeth Banks and Brian Cranston. They killed it too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Brian Cranston was mean. He was, yeah, he was, he was an asshole. Yeah, they made Zordon an asshole. I kind of like the Zordon arc though because I thought that. I was always like, who's this kind of creepy dude? Like, yeah. Who's like, kind of like a celestial being, but yeah. not really. It was interesting that they connected like that, like Zordon was the original Red Ranger. Yeah. I think that was yeah. that was cool. Like, it's almost like uh, this dick swing contest between him and Jason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you can't, you can't be better than me. Like, yeah. 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 He was, he was I'm like, an ancient alien, exactly. 60 million years old. Yeah. And then uh, Jason had to drop the mic and say, yeah, but your team died because of you. Right, Yeah, right. exactly. That was pretty savage. Yeah. Though. And then it was interesting that Billy died for... Yeah, yeah. I thought that was, like, the most, like, Power Rangers, like, TV episode about it. It's like, yeah. oh, he's going to come back. It was, I was like, it was just weird, though. Like, I wasn't expecting... That was the one thing I was not expecting. I wasn't expecting him to really die. Yeah. And then Zordon give up his life to... Uh, right, right, right. To, to ring him back in a way. But it was... I think they could have finessed the angle a little better about, like, how that machine works. But at the same time, like... Yeah. I can, I can respect what they're trying to do. Like, yeah, and overall, it comes back to the point, like... I thought it hit correctly on how our how we perceived our our childhood's favorite yeah. show, and uh, excited kind of to see what what's next, man. These all these the main characters were super likable. Mm-hmm, for which sure, I'm excited to see what where they take that into. Yeah, and I don't need every freaking movie I watch to be Moonlight, which I did watch since the last you time. You did yeah, nice. Like Moonlight is beautiful and cinematic, and it's important. I don't need that from every movie. Wait, was this before? Did you see it before or after the Oscars? After the Oscars. Okay, after yeah, Oscars. Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, man. Do you see Get Out, though? Do you ever no, see Get Out? No, different. So oh, that's right. Because you yeah, told yeah. You said, I don't want to see it. So just spoil it for me. And I, oh, yeah. I you know what I, what I have been reading on is um, the inclusion of the Asian character in, in uh, Get Out. Oh, yeah. People have been talking about that. Yeah, yeah. What, like, are your, what are your thoughts on that? I want to hear your thoughts. Um, to be honest, I've been going back and forth. Like, I think Asian people are definitely prejudiced about stuff. Um... We have a lot of issues with the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of it, we've shown our worst face for a, a long, long time, especially with um, even like, let's say, 
from my own experience knowing about Koreans who move into black neighborhoods and like worked in like open beauty parlors or like grocery stores yeah like, like that. that's that's an interesting perspective like i've never asked someone directly like the other side of the coin when it yeah. comes when it comes to that experience because a lot because you know, black very easily to uh easily just quick to say oh they're taking over our neighborhood or they're taking our like this should be a black owned business but it's yeah. interesting to hear like another perspective or to understand why that's happening yeah like I, and like i just saw that video the security clip of what's uh what happened with that that uh when that Korean dude kicked the the black woman who he accused of stealing like in the store? I, I, I don't know yeah, like about. it's horrible stuff like that. So I know that stuff exists and stuff like and but just to kind of defend, like my uh, my people a little bit, it's just like yo, Wait, we, right like we came to we came to this country and like we they told they, America told us exactly where we can live and where we can. So and oftentimes like. A place in uh like a black beauty shop only happens because that's the only way only places Koreans can own businesses, mm-hmm. and that's that's the 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 jacked up part of America is that because they limit your mobility in terms of neighborhoods with redlining and all that like the black community is often stuck in impoverished co- conditions right yeah in the same neighborhoods with with no great like public taxes going in there stuff mm-hmm. like that so I mean that's where where I think Asian people inhabit for a while but at the same time like they like they were fighting they were fighting real hard to, to to just work hard and make make a living and in the process they kind of got caught up in all this and um oftentimes we didn't handle it well i think there's a lot of uh trepidation a lot of intimidation from the black community as well about like these guys are outsiders they're foreigners and they're taking over kind of our our turf yeah it comes from that fear like a lot of people like people are are just afraid of what they don't understand yeah 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 and i do i do believe like mainstream america especially white america who are explicitly like want to keep people apart do pity people against each other mm-hmm. and um yeah like the crab and grow mentality even with yeah. black people with black people it's just it's unfortunate right right, right. so i mean it, it hurt to see like an asian person as part of that even that that slave auction scene, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. they're just like, damn, like that's they really see us as the enemy. Or yeah, that was, that was really enemy. rough. Like I don't think I really caught on to the meaning of it until until then. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't know, man. I think what I can say now is like, I I think things have gotten better, but at the same time, I know we har we harbor our own um, prejudice against the black community. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would really hope the black community can extend their hand as well to get to know our culture as well mm-hmm. to understand that being Asian in America just as being black in America is a completely unique experience to it in its own mm-hmm. different from the Hispanic American experience or even the Asian American or the Middle Eastern American absolutely it's like yeah, absolutely. that people would understand like being foreign in a country being considered foreign in a country and being different is um, something that we walk with all the time so mm-hmm. I, I hope the black community can reach out and try and understand our, our vantage point as well and uh, hopefully you know it takes us as kids talking to our parents about their own prejudices and even seeing it on ourselves. So yeah, I hope that, um, yeah, cause I'm a big fan of uh, Jordan Peele and I hope that he keeps making art like that. Yeah. And, yeah. It's interesting yeah. too. I think he's even, have you heard about how he's actually like, he's seeking out, uh, he's seeking out scripts from like horror scripts from black writers now. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, really yeah. cool. That's, that's really great, cool. man. I know. And this, that's seeing more diverse horses versus voices in horror too. is so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I can't even think of a black horror writer before him or any, anybody in general. No, no, no. Yeah. Cause we, we live that shit. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we no one wants to see that. Yeah, we, we ain't got to write about it. Which is why I don't want to, I'll probably never watch that movie. Oh so. uh, yeah. All right. 
But it's it's very it's really a psychological theory. It makes me want to watch Black Mirror now because people keep making comparisons of Black Mirror, especially because that dude's in Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that episode's super fucked up that he's in. So wait, have you seen Black Mirror? Yeah, oh, yeah. I need yeah. to watch it then. It's Tell me good. about it. It's good. Um, it's like Twilight Zone for the digital age. Is the mm. timeline they keep going back to? It's like, um, it's kind of surreal, but it's close enough to our modern reality that where it's like you can see. Um, a future like that occurring if a couple things go in the wrong direction you know yeah and when it, it always talks about surveillance or even it's all about these human truths that technology keeps bringing out the worst of us mm-hmm. um, yeah so overall I think uh, it's scary because it's closer to reality than we like to acknowledge mm. and uh, but everything has to do whether it's like webcam stuff people spying on your reality television what that's doing to our culture mm-hmm. and overall man i think it's uh it's pretty food for thought it'll get you depressed like it'll beat you down and be like yeah this is kind of hopeless where we're living right yeah. now but um the storytelling is super awesome man it's uh really compelling stuff and i'd say yeah just watch it that episode that he's in um the guy from get out said it's really mm-hmm. good um yeah there's a lot of other ones too that's what's up yeah that's what's up let's see what else can we talk about here I, I don't know. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of times when I come, when I come up with these questions or just topics I want to talk about in the week, there are a lot of things that that really hit me, and I, I just, it's just nice to have somebody to talk to with them. Yeah. That I'm not just tweeting, not just like tweeting at it to myself throughout the week. So one thing I was just thinking about was the idea, especially lately, is that we live in an age where a lot of things are. We create a lot of content, especially almost basically for free, like in, in the point of just it being out there, like this podcast, for example, or with Vine videos, R.P. Vine, <laughs> wait, is Vine? Oh, I think Vine's gone, uh, or just videos in general, YouTube, with almost, with this hope of it reaching uh, a bigger audience, or even just the hope that it has a bigger meaning than us just spreading it out there, and I like to think of it as we're in an age where, with all this free content, it's digital but plentiful, Okay. So uh, that's a fun line. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the, uh, it really hit me. I thought that was really cool. So, uh, do you think it really? How do you do? You think it really helps or hurts? Especially, do you feel like we're almost straining ourselves when it comes to this, or do you feel like it's for nothing, or just in terms of how much content there is out there? I think so. Like, okay. I, I think the one thing I could say uh, is that I, I do appreciate that it reaches more people in a way because one thing I saw on Hype was was that. There, uh, there's this YouTube group called For For Your For Y'all Entertainment, and because of a video they did, Drake sampled it on More Life, which was really cool. So I think the one thing I do appreciate was even though there's not really a price, there's not really that much of a maybe financial benefit or a tangible yeah. benefit. You get you're reaching more people in a way. So I think that's the one thing I do appreciate about that. No, for sure, man. I think internet, just the spread of that, it's kind of like. Um you write like a, a play or a screenplay and someone discovers it at a big show or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, or you put it on for like a small audience and then someone important happens to walk by and like spot you at a model or as a model or something like that. Like that's how you got discovered. Mm-hmm. The internet is like this vast place where that's happening every single day, right? People are, sense, yeah. are waiting to co-sign, giving you money and like taking your creative rights to, to, to basically make themselves a buck. But at the same time, like... Um, it's happening, you know, and it's mm-hmm. easier to access than ever. Like kids in the middle of the country or from different countries, like would never have access to the same Hollywood or New York landscape that kind of holds the, the reins for entertainment, like popular entertainment in America. But now they do through all the internet, YouTube and through um, like Vimeo and all that people are getting discovered all the time. Yeah. Um, I'd say like from my own, like just like 
personally how I view and how I browse is like I realize like the internet makes things smaller in a certain in a certain way too because you realize you're like you're just not by yourself and you're not yeah. alone and weird in your own interests like there are other weirdos just like you mm-hmm. willing to watch and watch through advertisements to get through your content mm-hmm. and so that's kind of encouraging man it's like you can put out what you really like and someone will will mess with that because the chances are if you're thinking it someone's thinking a variation of what you are and they're they're inspired by it so, yeah yeah that's been the cool thing about it man much respect no the one thing i wish i asked you on the first episode was or i don't think you mentioned it and I've been asking people as I, as I've been doing this podcast one more. But what's been your inspiration, or what do you feel inspires you? Like a certain person, or uh, or a certain movement that that, that inspires you. Uh, what inspires me? I I I really I do read hypebeast like almost mm-hmm. daily, and um, you know that kind of like hypebeast high body videos that that kind of really yeah. clean aesthetic that comes with like it, it's really sharp but they shoot like different mm-hmm. kind of like lifestyle mood stuff like that yeah like I always wanted to make something like that but I've never had the kind of know how to do like that you wanted, so. like you want to get like involved in film is that what you're saying or? something like that I don't know if you're writing it or producing something that's close to that and it's it's a mix of like learning camera angles and all that but I also get really influenced by what they cover so I just watched um, something for MX Day uh, that whole like kiss my ears thing yeah and so yeah. one of my one of my personal inspirations is Eugene Tong, who's a stylist for public school um, out in New York. And uh, he's just like this ill um, stylist. He's, um, yeah, he just like puts kind of like high street fashion and mixes it with like Nikes and trainers and like Supreme stuff. Nice, nice. He's someone I look up to in terms of the fashion realm. And so seeing that aesthetic mixed with the kind of video content aesthetic that uh, Hypebeast puts out, you know, that's really, really cool. And mm-hmm. that's kind of that, in terms of just like the kind of aesthetic I'm reaching for and that kind of, uh, the kind of feeling I want people to, to, to get uh, like this cool fucking feeling you get yeah. from seeing what a cool kid produces. Like that's still what I, exactly. what I look up to. So yeah. much love to the folks at Hypebeast and High Snob. Like I hope you're getting your money now. Exactly. With all these sponsorships. <laughs> But um, yeah, man, that's that's kind of it. Yeah, as far as writing, like, is there anybody that inspires you? Like, since you're a copywriter, is there like uh, anything specifically? Like, maybe it could be could be a movie or anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, especially recently, that's just jumping off at you. Yeah, um, George Saunders is a is a professor at Syracuse, and so I kind of found out about him because I went to SU. But um, yeah, he's a he's a novelist. He just wrote his like first full length novel. Uh, called Lincoln on the Bardo, and he's a, f- a freaking gifted writer, man. And from what all I can tell, he's a good man too behind it. So, uh, just I kind of and when I know I'm inspired by someone is when I envy them, you know. And I yeah, I really get disturbed by how far ahead they are of me. And so, but I kind of got something to share with that once you're done. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's kind of that. It's it's the best kind of feeling because you realize like there's still so much growing to do, and. Um, yeah, George Saunders at this point. I'm re- I'm really enjoying his uh, his book, and uh, have enjoyed his uh, his uh, short stories in the past. So just his wit, and the way he can get a point across in kind of weird meters and weird writing styles. Like, it's been really um, inspiring for me to write and to, to see. Other than that, like for ad heroes like Jimmy Smith, you know the guy who wrote a lot of Nike basketball ads. Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, he wrote a lot of the the Gatorade ads as well. Like, that's just kind of OG copywriter, like, was one of the biggest, blackest personalities in advertising, and he made it, you know, and mm-hmm. he, and I think 
really strong icons of ad like that or people of color really helped just the whole diversity movement happen because you're like damn these people have got these these people who have different experiences than us like have stories to tell that are oftentimes more powerful than what's mainstream yeah, it's like a whole new world whole new culture so yeah it's, it's something that it's worth being explored no for sure yeah, yeah. Well, what were you gonna say oh all right because there was something on hypebeast that inspired me recently because because uh, you're talking about you kind of uh, like the people inspire you the most the people you kind of wish you were the people you're kind of jealous of yeah and I, I can one person i can openly admit to i'm kind of jealous of is this guy is this artist dead dilly Okay. Have you heard of him? No, no. Uh, he they recently actually did a video on him on Hypebeast where he basically uh, he basically recreated the Moonlight poster and he, he turned it into like a DVD cover. I saw the yeah. Actually saw you saw that video? Yeah. Yeah, like that guy is amazing. Like he's done stuff for Gambino. He's done. I see, I see. He's done stuff. So just off that, I'm like, I'm jealous of this nigga. Yeah, I could see him yeah. occupying the the lane that you you kind of want to buy. Yeah, like I, like uh, it's it's a friendly it's a friendly thing though. Like like much respect to him, and I, I would love to to just talk to him honestly. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's part of this collective too called the Young Astronauts. Like they they directed like Ariana Grande videos and all this stuff. Oh. So. So like he's he seems like a really great guy and I'd love to get to know him about his process and like his video was just so it was so inspiring talking about his process and talking about uh, just how he feels when it comes to the creative director creative yeah, creative direction <laughs> <laughs> creative direction of everything he creates and I think yeah. I think that's amazing like he like keep on pushing uh, Dead Deadly that's awesome man dude for sure yeah let's see what what else can I talk about Gor- uh, gorillas can we can we touch yeah, on gorillas so, real quick. Uh, the one thing I was going to ask, because I don't want if you want to talk about the girls or not, because I don't know if you're a Gorillaz fan, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not that big of a Gorillaz fan, but I've always loved their illustrations. Like, even back in high school, I remember seeing them, and I, I, that was easily, like, some something that I put, was in the back of my head that inspired me, like, uh, visually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, when I hear them today talk about why they're all animated and stuff, mm-hmm. like... Oh, talk, talk about it. I don't, I don't think I fully know why. Um, I think the whole thing was just, like, in an age where, like, publicists and fame is manufactured kind of in this closed circuit where everyone like needs to know what the star drummer and star singer yeah. are like dating what they're eating and all the mm-hmm. time but like if we make if we keep ourselves anonymous and just the voice carries over and then these cartoons can kind of live these really abstract weirdo lives for us then what is that it's a it's a grand experiment right they're mm-hmm. all musicians but because they're all cartoons, it allows for their style to rapidly change again and again. That's and true, time. yeah. And I think it was mostly kind of a, a reaction to the whole fame thing being like they did they didn't want a part of that, and so yeah, I respect that. yeah, it's it's weird just because like as I'm hearing them kind of cipher through that and 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 explain what happened, I remember listening to like Clint Eastwood um, or like Feel Good Inc when I was mm-hmm. like younger. And be like, oh, like I didn't fully understand, but I just got it. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, they're just freaking animated gorillas, man. That's yeah. cool, and they make dope shit. Like yeah. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't yeah. care about who the lead singer. I was like, this is freaking cool. Yeah, it's, it's like anime characters singing. And I think that's working. even greater. Like you're putting, uh, you're putting almost this brand to to the face, like because uh, I feel like when it's like natural person, they kind of disappoint you in a way. Like for sure, they they have these human faults and everything, but with that, there's almost limited personalities, and you almost. Uh, and even though there's not that much of a personality behind it, it uh, you know what you're you know what you're getting, and you're, you're almost not disappointed from it. Like with, there's so many great brands, like like Bieber. He's such like he's such a talented dude, but that nigga's a fuck up sometimes. <laughs> Chris Brown too. All right, and you kind of wish that uh, even though they're human, you kind of wish that they just stayed in this 
you know, it's it's terrible to say, but you kind of wish they stayed in this box or this. Uh, they were everything you expected them to be. Right, right. And I kind of wish the opposite with the weekend. Like I kind of wish the weekend stayed in the shadows. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's something definitely more sexy about anonymity, right? And like exactly. the mystery of it. Yeah. And uh, as soon as you step onto the light, like there's probably more, more, more money to gain. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you lose this. The minute someone sees your face, exactly, you lose yeah. something, right? So I think that's something that the grills kept for. Maybe, maybe lack of a better word, like a, a pure, a certain purity about just a pure like music and yeah you just uh, become something yeah. bigger than yourself that way like i think i respect daft punk for even doing that too like right like you know what they look like but you i, I heard something i think someone said i forgot who said this but this was a great conversation piece so where someone said the great thing about daft punk being in helmets is that they could die basically and they could continue like their their legacy could continue on like they could just be two random guys in those helmets yeah and like the, it, you almost there's almost like uh like an immortality from that from that branding like even with the gorillas like they could be gone yeah yeah I right, god forbid god forbid that the people in that band die but uh but just the cartoons could live on forever or they could have or that idea like right. I'm sorry, maybe they like a Tupac is like maybe Tupac to some mortal cartoon character <laughs> that sounds like some some horrible purgatory shit yeah but, uh, it, it does in a way that does sound a little dark that's cool but I'm excited for the album man and all the feature lists looks insane. Yeah, so. like it's it's great. Like, I, damn, how many songs are on that? Like, it, that's tracklist was huge. Yeah, but it's it's weird because it seems to resonate with a lot of different generations yeah. and a lot of different people, and especially the artists that a lot of a lot of us love. Like, yeah, they're they're featured on it as well. One thing I do love though is that I feel like the branding has gotten better with it. Like, like the characters look crisper and they look they look yeah. so much better. Like they're they're these three D like seamless they're almost like 3d-ish in a way and yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. amazing like they've always grown with the technology and i think that's that's great like when you're behind the shelves like that you can you can improve in that way right 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 because uh because when you're because when you're a person you're just gonna kind of go the opposite way you're kind of gonna get old and all that other stuff but yeah, good stuff but, oh wait did you hear about uh the chance internship today no, what the hell is that? Let's That's talk like, about this then. Okay, okay. okay. So basically, Chance is looking for an intern, and he tweeted it, and he tweeted it like he was basically just asking somebody to be almost like a PR for him and create decks. And I, I kind of put my my shot in the air, and I was like, you know, Chance, I can make decks. Like, I can make you, <laughs> I can make you a deck. All right, I got no response from that. But there was this one girl. I, I wish I remembered her name. All right, but she tweeted like she basically just send chance her resume like she, that she responded to a tweet by posting a picture of a resume and it was really impressive too because she done stuff for uh jimmy fallon and uh and other another late night shows like she's been she's an intern in college uh i'm gonna look up her name right now because even though she's not gonna listen to this podcast she deserves a shout out because she's cool as fuck that's okay what so you just making you making decks for chance what uh, making or I feel like it's more like around the, the foundations that he's doing like I feel like it's gonna be a very humanitarian job but let's see oh wow you can actually wow you can actually there's a submission page alright alright the first tweet he says is I'm looking for for an intern someone with experience in putting together decks and writing proposals well I don't know I don't know how to write, write proposals so I might have to count myself out plus, plus I got <laughs> no, a job man, just put plus, plus I got a job I'm good yeah but alright it says also I want intern resumes formatted as cre- cre- oh my god maybe I can't do this uh, 
It says, I want intern resumes formatted as creative decks, pitches, or pr proposals, and send them to CT CTR, oh, CTR intern submissions at gmail.com. Okay. So maybe I could do that. I could make a deck. I should do it. Maybe I'll do that. Okay, so Just, say say Chance is like, yo, <laughs> this boy Daryl the Sharp. Is 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 That's cool? Really yeah, yeah. I'm making my intern. What's next? I want. I need him to come to Chicago. Oh shit! I might have to be like twelve dollars an hour, fam. No, <laughs> no. Even when I see like these junior salaries where they're asking like thirty five k, I I laugh because I'm like I used to think that was something back in the day. Damn. Yeah, I'm Hollywood, baby. Yeah, I'm making more money than that. Like. I know my worth now. Like it took yeah. me a while to realize my worth, but I know my worth now. Damn, respect that, fam. Yeah, you know, you know your worth too. I'm trying. Yeah, man. I still got. I got. Yeah. To, I got some negotiating to do. I, I do too, but at this point, I feel like I know my worth. But did I'm, you negotiate your your salary at uh, your current company? I I did not. Well, I I did say the range, but then they were like, no, we probably can't go that high. But we'll give you this. But it was more than what I had before. So I, okay. Uh, so it's been that progress that I appreciate it. Cause like, I think that's, that's interesting. We got to talk about that. It's like, okay. I feel like there's, they, you took that as a no, as a straight no, but a good negotiator, which neither of me or you are. I'm not a good negotiator. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm willing to haggle cause I'm like, I kind of want this and it's, it's worth, it's worth having. Like I'm, I'm not really, it sucks. I'm not willing to fight for my worth, but damn. Yeah. That's too real right now. No, like I feel that way. I, that's what these podcasts are about. Like, I feel like I'm not willing to fight my worth. All right, sometimes because I'm willing to, because I, I know the opportunity is good enough that I'm willing to take that sacrifice. Yeah. Like, there's been so many times where I've, I've worked with somebody or, or taken on, taken on an opportunity where maybe I wasn't getting paid or maybe I wasn't, uh, there was maybe no money involved, but the opportunity was worth it. And I knew, like, just saying that I was a part of that would help, would help in a way. Right, right, right. So it's like, okay. No, I, I definitely get you on that. It's just like, at this point, I'm like, yo, these are like million dollar corporations. Exactly. You know? like, like, give me a, like, throw me a bone. Yeah, it's, and I've seen recruiters fight hard for people they believe that will make their company better. Damn. And they're literally like, what do you need? You know? So it's like, how do we get on that level where it's like, you want, you want me? Like, I think you, you definitely want me. How do I get what I want? I mean, I, I'll get that sometimes with emails and stuff, but I'm not really taking it that further. Like, it it really has... Because when you take those jumps like that, it has to be worth taking that leap. You have to know that it's definitely a bigger, a better situation than where you are now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And all that. Because a lot of times, like, especially... Because you probably go through the same thing where, you, where recruiters will hit you up, but you, you're realizing, like, that risk isn't really worth taking. I like where I stand right now. Yeah, no, no. For sure. It's... Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think it just, I think there is a, there is a place for us to do something. Yeah, I just think with, with time, like, yeah, we're only like 25, 26, so we, there's time. For sure. Like, I, like all these, have you, I, is one of your dreams to be in the 40 under 40 or 30 under 30? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. it's, it, you know, how freaking incestuous like, our industries are, like, it's a big deal. Like people know your name. If it is, yeah. Um, the same thing for Ken or like Khan for mm -hmm. uh, Creative Awards. Like you're in that, you're in that bubble, and you're in that bracket now. Like you, you had a new tax bracket, right? You hit that, and you're like, oh shit, you go somewhere, and people recognize you for that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Is that is a big is that a big draw for you? Uh, it is. Yeah, like I, I it sucks that it's a staple, or it almost it almost feels like you're solidifying your worth. Uh, but 
I think it's it's something great. Like it, it means that people acknowledge your work in a, in a way that you you re, you have those numbers because oh all right. I think this is something that also hit me the other day. Like I think it's interesting that I feel like numbers matter more than every more than anything these days because everything is so digital. Explain. I like with with streams or or video views sure. or everything. I feel like that matters the most because you're that's the only way you're seeing the impact. Because, uh, like I was saying, everything everything's so digital. Everything's nothing's tangible anymore. Like, damn, I wish I had a better comparison in a way. Like, I was gonna make a, a blockbuster you uh, <laughs> metaphor or something, but but I think that's that's the only that's the only way of just calculating things. Yeah, no, and for sure, I think at the end of the day, there has to be a number that that has to be paid out mm-hmm. and that that at this point is video views or subscribers or likes or whatever that is so yeah I'm definitely with you on that but. yeah touchdown uh, let's see uh, what has been what's been some just intriguing content that you've seen l- lately uh, just, just something that's uh, like like an ad or a music video or even a song that you heard yeah dude um just saw Nick Akeem in concert, and it was really, uh, really messing with his stuff. And uh, I think it's uh, "Hopes Hope She Look Like You" is a, is is a freaking dope song I've been vibing to. Um, favorite piece of content: shout out to Peter Cheney at Steezy Nickel, who sent me this Mercedes, con- Mercedes content series in these uh, ASAP Rockies. Oh, I'm like, we talked about that in yeah, episode yeah. two. Like, only hear your only hear your insight. I was freaking shocked, dude, that Mercedes. And I think it makes sense for them at a strategy point. Yeah. Because, like, oh, we have to get kind of the younger kids to think Mercedes is cool. Mm-hmm. So they, we can have them buy. So we don't necessarily have to have them buy an S-Class on the first round, but I want them to get an intro to Mercedes and understand why luxury cars are important when the whole world is going for fuel economy and going for, like, kind of an affordable car that makes sense. But luxury is such an interesting market. And after Rocky, Rocky's kind of like one of our patron saints, right? A streetwear of hip hop. Yeah, know. like yeah. He's one. Of, he's like a. He's basically the UNICEF ambassador of hip hop right now. You know, like he I'm goes around, that. Yeah, yeah. Like he's out, he's out doing Dior covers, and on the offside, he's like like modeling for. Yeah. I feel for like Frank Vivo. couldn't do that. He was in, in the fucking shadows so much. <laughs> I know. I know you feel like yeah. that. Yeah. But I think yeah. What it was such a crazy cosign to see such old money sign Rocky up. Yeah. It makes sense for Rocky because he is this kind of like pretty flacco luxy mm-hmm. like luxy dude, right? Who makes sense with like any kind of wealth. But for Mercedes to really reach out from old world money and to be like, Rocky, we want you to be one of the new faces of Mercedes, I think it's huge, man. It's big it's a big get for America. Yeah, like, like he embodies that to a T like Right, right. Just, but it's yeah. he embodies it, but you wouldn't necessarily think that he embodies it until until you saw it. Because mm-hmm. you don't think Mercedes or BMW um, Audi was kind of the new new young uh, luxury brand for a while but the old brands like Mercedes and BMW like they're very much like this is what you're gonna get of like a like a, one of the luxury ads and rock someone like Rocky was not a part of that mm-hmm. but because they invested all this great content money into using Rocky I think um, people are really gonna look at Mercedes in a different light I'm looking at Mercedes in a different light yeah and I'm within like the car advertising industry you yeah know? so Good, good ups, good ups on them, man. If you can afford Rocky and you can afford that talent fee, and it's it is a risk for them, dude. So I think um, they did good with that, man. It's called uh, Grow Up, and Rocky's version is called um, 
get a job. Yeah, so he's like, I got a job. This beat in my head. Yeah, yeah, playing this beat. And <laughs> it's like it's fine. Like it's it's nothing like groundbreaking at all. The the actual video content came out of it, but at the same time, like I love that they just yeah, chose it. I do appreciate the story being told and everything, but yeah, like. But it's yeah, it's interesting because you would not expect that. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. And were they? Aren't they like they're overseas? I want to say Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah Germany. They're, they're one of the OG German brands. Yeah. And so I think without the Dior plug, without Rocky true, being yeah. Rocky being the house, uh, the house of Dior's face right now, I think the Mercedes probably doesn't reach out in this way. And that's true. But fashion in this in this manner at least kind of broke Rocky through to a mainstream luxury apparel. Yeah. So um, yeah, man, fashion involved really cool. in. Uh, car advertising I'll say uh, one thing I've been wondering is what happened with Cadillac Cadillac is fucking quiet now yo they've been trying to I mean they've been trying to get louder with these new ads I think with um, they sponsor a lot of fashion week stuff and so that's, oh. that's been their kind of avenue to come in uh, they had a big ad with like a Teddy Roosevelt quote I think growing up, like, I really loved watching, I really liked seeing Cadillacs. Yeah. Like, especially in, I uh, remember Matrix Reloaded, that was, like, the... Yeah, uh, the, the Escalade. Car, yeah. yeah, that yeah, Escalade. Escalade yeah. and the freaking CTS. Everyone, like, everyone in 04 had to fucking Escalade. Yeah. Like, that was the car to yeah, have. Right. But also, I didn't realize it was a luxury car, so I didn't realize how oh. expensive they were. Yeah, my and dad so, had one. Dude, I, it's an expensive ass car. It is, car, yeah. Right? It's an American luxury car. And mm-hmm. I think for that price, like, people were like, these German cars are better. Yeah, so, that makes sense. I don't know. I think Cadillac's trying to get back on the map. I think the Escalade had this really dope renaissance in like the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But then the same thing with the gas and it was kind of like a gaudy car. It was, yeah. yeah it was It was like the rapper car for a while. It was, I think that, that kind of like, I'm pretty sure they, I don't think so, but I think they think that that hurt them in a way. The fact that it was so attractive to uh, to that market. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Point. I won't be surprised if that's why they maybe they lay low or they're they're re they're rethinking their strategy. Yeah. They're trying to make it almost more universal again. Yeah, I mean honestly I think the new the new uh, C T series is really cool looking. Mm-hmm. Again though, I'm just like for that money, do I think I might rather have like a Benz, you know? Mm-hmm. A Benz from marketing perspective and from brand perspective always represented like this excellence in design and performance. Yeah. And so, um and also they have ASAP Rocky, so what else do you need to do? Exactly. ASAP. No, that video is good. Yamborghini High. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good video. I, I need to find out who the director of that video is. Yam getting kicked. Yam. Let's see what else. Uh, oh, uh, is there anybody you want to shout out? Like any, uh, anyone that's done work recently that you want to just shout out? Uh, um, I know this is kind of like freaking just I've said this before again but yo Air Max Day y'all Nike you killed it kind of every branch of that I think um, you guys did a good job like again seeing hearts and minds change in front of my eyes like it was it was cool to see I think um, Nike's on the big up upswing again and I'm excited to see how Adidas responds man hopefully they have a second chapter for, for whatever this is because uh, I think Nike's gonna really kind of uh, come back for what's there yeah so. or uh, this, this is not throwing shots at all but do you think maybe widen might be the problem or do you think widen why, why as Nike's agency yeah or do you, do you think they might be doing something wrong maybe as an agency or, or I don't know like it's been interesting how like they've been so married to the brand for so long but uh, I I would like to see some new eyes from them, or uh, 
or see where things go as, as they redevelop because it's been interesting to see Adidas re- rebrand itself in a way so it, I kind of want to know how how Nike's going to go in that direction because yeah just to just to see yeah I don't know I think I think Nike Nike is Wyden Kennedy Wyden Kennedy is Nike like mm-hmm. they're kind of your like irreplaceable yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah, I know a lot of people touch Nike business. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who do the small, smaller parts. I still trust Wyden and Kenny's vision for Nike broadcast and what that what that means. Like, yeah. their ideas are still kind of head and shoulders above a lot of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Adidas with Nas seventy two, I think they're doing really, really cool work. Um, that makes sense. But I think in terms of more, they need to reach that echelon still. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure, for sure. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, like I mean, because I think they've only had they've only had them for maybe a good two years. Like, yeah. Wait, what? Wait, what? Uh, oh, never mind. I don't know. Uh, but I. Oh. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, I guess what else I want to shout out is. Oh, I want to shout out MFB Visuals. That remember we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. The uh, freaking the the Insta account. That does uh, album coverage. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you have two guys in your lane right now, posted up. I mean, everyone has a different direction. The way what I'm working on right now is different than what they're what they're working on though, which I appreciate because uh, everyone is everyone's in their own lanes because there've been some people I've been competitive with, and and well, I don't want to say competitive with people that I that I like their direction. I would like to go that direction, but I feel like. There are certain specifics with what I'm creating that that are a little different, and I'm I'm excited to share them soon. Yeah. Like with uh with the twelve days of Kanye, that's easily like one of the things I'm most proud of over the past couple of months. Dope, dude. Yeah, and shout out to you for helping out with, with the writing. Dude, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna be so proud to put that on my book. Man. Yeah, like yeah, like you got the files, so just drop those bad boys in. Yeah, for sure, dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, you even got all right. Like Drake even reposted his video, which was nice. But the way he's seeing his process is really great. Is that he's using just green screen and just almost replacing body parts of himself into into the content, which is great. Yeah. So that's really exciting. That's really like shout out to MIP Visuals. Dude, for sure, man. All right. Yeah. Uh. I guess some other things that have been inspiring me lately is just uh. With music, oh, gotcha. All right, yeah. We- let's see. Let's let's edit. This yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's edit right here. Okay. All yeah, right. Just like yeah. Let's. I mean, you want to do just one more topic that we're interested in? Yeah. Just yeah. Cut, cut out the last thirty seconds. Yeah. Like, we just have to get on. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Get out like a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get out. out. Get yeah. out like the movie. I'll yeah. Get out. Not Jordan Peele. No. For All sure. right. But but yeah. I I really pre- like just. Two music videos I've really seen lately are from Duckworth and from. Wait, me, I'll I'll ask you how what what music videos you you're watching and then yeah. you just you just hit me and then we'll we'll, we'll cut it. Okay. Nah, this seems to be okay. No, but bro, because I'm, I'm I'm not gonna edit this. Uh, I think this is gonna be the end of this episode of episode four of the deluxe version. So thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow me at at Daryl the Sharp on Twitter and Instagram at D A R R Y L F. T H E S H R P, and you can follow my man Josh Lee at Josh Bice, like Posh Bice, on Instagram. And 
Alright. That's it. That's yeah. all I got. Grams. Yeah. Father's nigga and father's nigga. <laughs> we both this nigga. And thank you for listening and check back for next week. Peace.